Hey everyone, it is so good to be with you today. If you are here with us for the first time, welcome. My name is Jason Wolliver. I'm the directing pastor here at Crossroads, and we are thrilled to have you joining us online today. And so our primary scripture passage for this morning is going to be Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Acts 19, 1 through 7. Hear this reading from God's word. It says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that you're here in power right now. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would fall afresh on us, no matter where we're watching or when we're watching. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is the day in the church calendar known as Pentecost. And Pentecost is the anniversary of the day that God originally sent the Holy Spirit to fill all who call upon the name of Jesus. The first Pentecost took place 50 days after Easter, after Jesus rose from the dead. He spent 40 days on earth post-resurrection, giving many convincing truths that he was still alive. And then on the 40th day, he ascended back to heaven where he took his seat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And then on the 50th day after the resurrection, God sent the Holy Spirit to fill all of us, to begin fulfilling the great prophecy of Joel chapter 2, verse 28, which says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And so today is the anniversary of that day. Now this happened on a day when Hundreds of thousands of Jewish people were gathered in Jerusalem, and they were there for something called the Festival of Weeks, which was celebrating the beginning of the wheat harvest. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out and Peter began to preach, 3,000 were added to the church that day. The church was born. Now, without the sending of the Holy Spirit to fill Christians, there would be no church. And yet many modern Christians find themselves in the same place that those disciples were in when Paul met them in Ephesus. They have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Today I want to spend some time talking about who is the Holy Spirit. 
And then we're going to have a little bit of extra music at the end, time for you to just soak in the Lord's presence and to invite the Holy Spirit to fill you and empower you in new ways. Now, I want to tell you, this is really the first message in a special summer sermon series that I'm going to be leading on Wednesday evenings in the chapel at Crossroads. And so if you are here during the summer or some days during the summer, I invite you to join us Wednesday evenings from June 14th until August 16th, I believe is the last day. And so we're going to be meeting from 6.30 to 6.55. We'll have just a time for worship through song. And then at 6.55 every Wednesday, we're going to take Holy Communion together. And then at 7 o'clock, I'll be giving about 20 minutes of teaching on a message series called The Holy Spirit for Everyone. And then on the bottom of the sermon notes that I'm going to have at the tables, there will be some discussion questions. So at 7.20, if people want to stick around, they can have table discussion with other people who have come to the service. It's a great thing for you to attend with your small group this summer or to grab some friends and come and just grab some midweek worship in the presence of the Lord and learn more about who the Holy Spirit is. And so today, who is the Holy Spirit? Suppose you started attending Crossroads, and again, our vision as a church is to be spirit-filled, Bible-teaching, soul-saving, church-planting, and globally-minded. So you start attending and you start hearing all this talk about the Holy Spirit, being spirit-filled, being spirit-led, you might say, what is this Holy Spirit you're talking about? What do I need to know? I haven't heard this stuff before. And so I would try to give you three fast facts about who the Holy Spirit is. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the first person of the Trinity. We Christians believe that God has eternally existed in three persons. One God in three persons, the blessed Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus commanded us to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so this is why Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In the scripture, the personal pronoun used to refer to the Holy Spirit is he. It's not it, because the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force like the force in Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible says it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit himself decides who will get which spiritual gifts? The Bible says that the Spirit himself intercedes and prays for us according to the will of God with groans that we don't even understand. One of the ancient creeds that is a part of our church doctrine is called the Nicene Creed. And it was codified at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. 
And this is the line about the Holy Spirit. It says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. So the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit should be worshiped. The Holy Spirit should be adored. The Holy Spirit can be prayed to because the Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. The second fast fact about who the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. On the first Easter, Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 24, 49, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The promise of the Father was that promise from Joel 2:28 of the Holy Spirit. And he would be sending that promise. And it would be clothing the believers with power to do the mission. Shortly before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is why Paul reminded his friend Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, you received a spirit, not of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. The Holy Spirit is the power that came upon the Virgin Mary and caused her to become supernaturally inseminated with Jesus, the Son of God, without any interaction with a human father. The Holy Spirit is the power that filled Jesus every day during his earthly life so that he lived a life that was fully human but without ever sinning. The Holy Spirit protected his heart from sin. The Holy Spirit is the power that came upon Jesus in new ways at his baptism, which launched into his public ministry of preaching and teaching and doing miracles and casting out demons and healing the sick. The Holy Spirit filled the dead body of Jesus in the tomb on the third day after he was crucified and brought him back to life, more powerful than ever. The Holy Spirit has now been given to every believer so that we can live like Jesus and become more and more like him. And God, by his power, the Holy Spirit at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we could ask or imagine in us, through us, and around us. This is so exciting. The Holy Spirit is so powerful, so powerful, and we don't ever want to forget. We want to keep remembering and inviting the Holy Spirit to fill our church and to fill us in new ways, because the Bible never says that the Holy Spirit's activity will fade out as we get closer to the return of Christ. No, the Holy Spirit will be poured out as we get closer to the return of Christ. The Holy Spirit is evoking new things, new ideas, new ministries and people in our church and in the world every single day, and we want to be a part of it. Number three, as Christians, the Holy Spirit is our greatest advantage. When Jesus was giving his farewell discourse to his disciples in John chapters 14 through 16, he said this intriguing line in Acts chapter 16, verse 7. He said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, meaning the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Just sit 
with the profundity of that statement for a moment. Jesus said to his disciples, it was to their advantage for him to go away. You gotta be thinking, how could it ever be to anyone's advantage for Jesus to not be physically walking and talking with them? The disciples had given up everything to follow Jesus because he was so good, because life was so much better when he was there. He had provided them with friendship, meaning, protection. He had done numerous miracles in them and through them. He had cast demons out of people and healed people. He could provide food out of thin air. And yet he says it's to their advantage that he goes away. Why? Because he says, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And then he said in another place, he has been with you, but he will be in you. Jesus and the Father would send the Holy Spirit to fill and empower everyone who would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're forgiven our sins and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that makes us stronger than any force in the world, stronger from the inside. As it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Speaking about the spiritual forces of darkness in the world around us. He says, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who is he that is in us? The Holy Spirit. Now back to our opening scripture, Acts chapter 19. It comes from Paul's third missionary journey. He's arrived back in Ephesus and it says he meets some disciples. These guys had come to faith under the preaching of Apollos. Now, Apollos was fired up for Jesus, but he didn't have all of the information about what God was bringing into the world through Jesus. He had taken up the message of John the Baptist, calling people to be baptized as an act of repentance to get right with God. But he didn't know the full scope of everything that was currently happening. It actually says in chapter 18 that a couple of early church leaders, Priscilla and Aquila, pulled Apollos aside and helped him understand the truth of the gospel with greater depth and clarity. And then they just sent him off, said, keep doing it. You're doing a great work. Here's the rest of the story. But these Ephesian disciples that Paul encounters, they had become disciples of God under Apollos. And they were all in to the extent of the knowledge that they had. And then Paul begins to share the rest of the story. And we learn a few things about receiving the Holy Spirit in all of his fullness. Number one, we learn that if you have received the Holy Spirit, you would know it. When Paul met these disciples, he said to them in verse two, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, Paul's question would have no basis for being asked if they wouldn't have known whether they received the Holy Spirit. I mean, why would he ask if they wouldn't know? If you have received the Holy Spirit's power in your life, you will know it. If you don't know it, receive the Holy Spirit. Number two, Paul says, it says that it teaches us that some godly people simply haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. Verse two. No, they said, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. 
Now, I find a lot of long-term churchgoers saying this to me all the time. We've been in church our whole life, but we've never heard this teaching about the Holy Spirit. And I would say that that was my situation for the first couple decades of my life. I mean, I grew up in a very nice church. I have very fond memories of my church. But I don't remember the Holy Spirit being mentioned other than the glory of poetry. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. And the doxology. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't remember hearing about this powerful indwelling person of the Trinity that fills and guides and empowers all believers. In my early 20s, I ended up in a small Methodist church in Texas. And when I got there, it was a Methodist church. But the preacher not only talked about the Holy Spirit as if he were a real and powerful person that indwells and fills us, but she radiated the Holy Spirit in her preaching and her ministry. And it was as if I had uncovered the missing piece of the puzzle. God doesn't call us to follow Jesus on our own power. God fills us with the powerful person of the Spirit to lead us in the Christian life. And I love to introduce people or help people awaken to the power of this person of the Trinity. The Spirit-filled, Spirit-led Christian life is not meant to be an add-on to the Christian life. Spirit-filled, Spirit-led Christianity is meant to be the norm for every Christian of all times. Everything that we see God doing in the New Testament, he's still doing today, and it's available for us to experience. Number three, we see that sometimes people receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. We see this mentioned throughout the Bible, this idea of laying hands on people to pray for them, and they receive some kind of gift or some kind of consecration, some kind of special anointing. It says in verse 6, that after they'd been baptized, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Another example of people receiving the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands of others is Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. It says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we see God conveys the Holy Spirit's power into people's lives when other people lay their hands on them and pray for them. This is why we offer multiple opportunities for people to receive prayer by others to receive more of the Holy Spirit. This is what we do with our Holy Spirit nights. We have people ready to pray for people every week after the messages. If you want prayer for more of the Holy Spirit, hey, we're willing to lay our hands on you and pray over you according to the biblical pattern. But on the other hand, not every time people receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit is it through the laying on of hands. For example, in Acts chapter 2, on the first Pentecost, uh, when the Holy Spirit came on people, they were just praying, and the Holy Spirit filled the room. In Acts chapter 10, we see Peter preaching to Cornelius and his household, and as they begin to believe what Peter said about Jesus, the Holy Spirit just fell upon them. So, 
we want the Holy Spirit to come in whatever way he wants to come, but we're willing to pray with people and lay a hand on them and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill them according to the biblical pattern as well. So, number four, new things happen when the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life. It says in verse six, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. One thing we see in the book of Acts is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon people, they often begin doing things that they never even considered before. You know, the Old Testament doesn't say God will pour out his Holy Spirit and your sons and daughters will speak in tongues. That was something that just happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And it was a surprise. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus into the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't always cause us to speak in tongues. Sometimes he does. But he begins doing new things that we've never considered, giving us dreams and visions of how to serve God, giving us spiritual gifts that we never even considered that we might have, and evoking within us desires and abilities in a way not only to live holy lives, but to make a huge difference in our world, in our home, in our workplace that we hadn't thought of. But this is what I like to tell people. You don't have to figure out what your next step in the journey is for Jesus. You need to fully surrender and let the Holy Spirit lead you in the next step. And this is where it gets fun. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. As we train ourselves through years of practice to listen to the Holy Spirit and act on the Holy Spirit's promptings, we begin to live out an adventure that we never would have thought possible. Now today, since it's Pentecost, a special day, we're going to actually just spend a little bit of time uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. We're going to have one more song, and I invite you to just make this your prayer today. Just invite the Holy Spirit. Say, come Holy Spirit. Just say, I fully surrender myself to you, not for me to figure out what you want to do, but for you to let me know what you want to do, big or small. And so as we hear this song, just use it as a time to really make yourself available. And this will be the way we conclude our service today. Let me pray, and then we can just soak in the Lord through this worship. Holy Spirit, on Pentecost 2023, I pray that you will just move in the hearts of every person listening to this on a podcast, watching online, anytime. Pray that they will respond to your Spirit's prompting to make themselves fully available. And Lord, I pray that you would begin doing new things in their hearts. I pray that they would feel you changing their heart. I pray that they would feel your peace filling their limbs as they rest in you. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.